listening to The Building Code, your guide for a better way to run your business. I'm Tom Houghton. Hey, Tom. I'm Paul Worth. Hey, Paul. How's it How going doing? over at your house? Uh, pretty good at uh, Mikasa. How about you? Yeah, it's pretty great here. You know, just enjoying uh, fall. Well, I guess we're kind of in fall. Are we in fall? It feels like summer just, outside. Let's ask, our, let's ask our guest, see if he knows. There you go. Joining us on the podcast today is Jeff Can, owner of Houseworks, based in San Francisco, California, where the weather is probably uh, mild, is my guess. Well, it's actually warm today, but we've been dealing with some uh, uh, cloudy skies from fires nearby. Ah. So, but, but today is actually a clear day, and, uh, and fall for us is summer for, for you all. So <laughs> as it turns uh, end of August into September, October, those are our warmest months. There you go. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we want to know all about your business, and that's usually where we like to start with our guests. So share with our audience. Tell us about the name Houseworks, too. We like to ask people how they kind of came up with the name. So let's talk about the name Houseworks. Tell us about what you do kind of on a day-to-day basis and uh, kind of what your average client looks like. Sounds great. So so Houseworks is our creative attempt at a double entendre. Your house works. After we work, your house works. So there you go. that's how we put the two I like it. That's how we put the two together. Uh, and uh, our company is a design build company here in San Francisco. Uh, so we're a single source solution, uh, providing all the design and construction uh, work under uh, one roof. Nice. San Francisco, unique area. Um, one of the more expensive places to live, right? In the United States, New York or in San Francisco, right? It, it is very expensive to live here. And, uh, and the, you know, that's part of, I think the value that we bring to San Francisco homeowners in a condensed urban area, you know, the homes tend to be pretty small and especially the high function areas, you know, kitchens, bathrooms, connecting those rooms to, uh, to the rest of the house. And with an older housing stock, like we have, you know, primarily built in the turn of the century, you know, the, that is the 18 to 1900s. And then into the mid 1900s, uh, there's been some additions and things done to homes that are just a bit quirky and not always done with a lot of creativity or forethought. So we really specialize in, in turning those spaces into, you know, first we customize them for our clients. And, and of course, we want to make them highly functional and beautiful at the same time. Fantastic. So you're a big advocate of remodeling in that San Francisco area. So can you talk about how your passion for the industry started? Well, it's a long story, Tom, but uh, the short version is uh, I spent 25 years in banking before starting Houseworks. And uh, my family and I had moved, uh, you know, relocated about four or five times. And each time we did, uh, we either built a home or remodeled a home that we had, you know, purchased and moved into. And while we're always pleased with the end result, you know, we loved our houses, the, the process or, you know, the experience going through it wasn't always smooth. So as I was leaving my corporate job and looking for, you know, what I was going to do next, I really thought and was inspired by how to take that experience and make it really positive. And um, effectively, what we do is we provide the necessary administrative support to craftspeople so they can really focus on getting the job done and doing what they do best. And we train to and set up a system of, you know, high touch communication, 
managing to schedules, managing to budgets, and uh, and it's worked well for us, and our clients have been really pleased. Now, Jeff, you guys are a design build firm, right? Correct. Do you feel like doing both design and build and having that one one stop shop for them? Do you feel like that definitely contributes to their experience, their positive experience as a homeowner? Absolutely. I, and having done it both ways and, you know, we all learned both from our own experience and my experience as a homeowner, as well as a business owner, because we didn't start Houseworks as design build, but we, we grew to it um, by just trying to, you know, offer a better, a better product, a better service. And at the outset to have that, that built-in collaboration between the people that build the project and the people who design it is, is really critical. And that's where the benefit to the clients are really, you know, derived as well, because usually what you have, and, and maybe you have this in your own homes, you, you have a really long list of the things that you want to do or that, you know, the problems in your home that you're trying to solve. And you have a finite amount of resources, whether it's time, how much time you have to do this, and or money, how much does it cost? And really the only way to, to answer those questions is early on in a project, early on in the design and planning phase of the project. And they can only be answered when the you know, construction means method and cost are combined with the, with the creative design portion. And that's, that's really where that, that benefit is derived. So, so what it translates to is, you know, a project that meets the client's budget and then keeping that front and center as you work through creative solutions to deliver that, ensuring that they fit within, within those finite resources. How much time do we have to do? What is it we're trying to solve? And how much money do they have to spend? Is there also an aspect to it where sort of the design's not always 100% done when we start construction and there's sort of going to be, always be a back and forth during construction with the design team? We really try to minimize that. It, it can be done, but really in terms of, you know, you're balancing, as in many situations, you're balancing uh, producing to a schedule and to a cost budget and not having decisions made about the critical design elements before that starts is really a, a recipe for disaster. So, so we really try to inform those design, uh, design decisions during the design process so that as we move into production uh, that those key elements are already solved. Part of the benefit, I think, Paul, as, as, you're, as you're getting to is if you find something that's different, and in many older homes you do, so once you start work, you're going to uncover, you know, behind a wall or, or, or some other unknown condition that has to be dealt with. And that, and that may impact the design intent of the project. So having those resources integrated and throughout a project really helps to sort of jump on and deal with those things and have all the all the expertise necessary right on hand at that point in time to deal with it. Yeah, you mentioned obviously earlier the age of the houses that you're typically dealing with um, and then also the space that you currently have to work in. So you probably have to get a little creative with what you're you're doing on the job site there. So maybe you could share how you're working creatively in those environments to help homeowners improve their life in the, you know, with the square footage that they have there in San Francisco. 
Yeah, absolutely. Some of it just comes from experience, just knowing, you know, how to deal with those structures. And, and a lot of the housing stock in San Francisco uh, has common elements. It's, it's typically called a marina style home where, you know, garage and storage is below and living space above. Um, and so many of our projects are, are really dealing with how to integrate those spaces and, and turn that storage or garage space or a portion thereof into habitable living space. That's a, a sort of a common characteristic in homes that we deal with. But, but really, every project starts with what are the owners, you know, homeowners' requirements? What are they trying to do? Um, whether it's, uh, you know, on one end of the spectrum, they're trying to age in place, so they need a, a, a space that's, you know, more single-level living that has uh, enough room for mobility uh, or people assisting, um, just preparing the home for their for their long-term use as they age. The other end is, you know, you take the young family, maybe they've added uh, children or, or maybe they're dealing with children that are growing up and the space just seems to be cramped and small now that needs to be reconfigured and real, uh, re-realized to, to meet what they're doing today. So creating flow into, uh, you know, kitchens to family rooms where where there's interaction and visibility to children, you know, doing homework while, you know, preparing dinner is one example. Adding bathrooms and bedrooms are, are certainly another, you know, critical aspect of that. So we always start with what, what is driving the, uh, the re renovation by the homeowner. And then we work within the existing building to determine what the best solutions are to address that. Sounds like a good plan. Uh, one thing I think we've not at all, none of us have planned for was this pandemic that's happened. Uh, so I'm curious how it's affected your area, but also how has that process affected remodeling in general? Yeah, I think it's really amplified those needs. So, you know, for us, a lot of people are already dealing with how to maximize space in, in smaller, you know, buildings and smaller homes. And then you amplify that by now, you know, those, those spaces need to, you know, do double duty. So they need to be an office or they need to be a classroom and they're, or you have, you know, two people that need to work from home at the same time. And, you know, sitting on the edge of the bed with the computer on, on your lap might work for a week or two, but, but eventually as we look towards, you know, working from home through the end of the year, and maybe beyond, you have to have a more permanent solution. Um, the same thing with, with the, you know, distance learning that's been implemented here with the school systems, where now you have parents who are, you know, working from home, children who are learning from home, and they need, you know, dedicated space to do that. Um, so it's, it's really just really amplified those needs to take that, you know, how do you use the existing space in the home and reconfigure it and reimagine it to serve those multiple uses yeah, I mean, so one of the questions I had for you being in San Francisco, uh, as we all know, the pandemic has really um, opened up companies' eyes to work from home. Uh, and you guys are dead in some of the area where some of the biggest technology companies are, you know, Apple, Google, Salesforce is right downtown San Francisco. There's been reports that people are moving out of San Francisco because of the cost of living, uh, because they don't have to go into the office. Um, are you seeing that? Is that, is that one of the consider, you know, concerns you have for your business or what's your take on that? Right. We are trying to stay tuned into that because obviously we're concerned. 
Um, we haven't seen it yet. In fact, we've, we've sort of seen the opposite. And I think there might be a real demographic divide amongst, you know, who's leaving and who's staying. And for folks who may be more established, you know, people with families as, as one example, or, or people who may um, have a, a lot more time and, and money invested in their home are really redoubling their efforts to make their current home work for them. So, so we're actually super busy um, because I think part of the effect of people spending so much time at home is if something wasn't working for them, it's really not working now. I mean, if, if, if you have a problem with your house and you're in there all day, every day, all of a sudden it just becomes, you know, a real, a real burden to deal with. So we haven't yet uh, seen an impact from, from people leaving. I have a sense that it might be more of the rental market that's impacted uh, by that. And so, so people who may not have been tied to, you know, a home or a longer term, you know, time uh, in the place that they're living are, are looking for, you know, lower cost, easier commute. And I think, you know, we see it with, uh, you know, with our own children who are older and living in San Francisco, all the attractions of the city that aren't available to them right now um, make living in the city that much, that much harder. So, you know, restaurants and, and uh, uh, all that San Francisco has to offer. Uh, but I, I, you know, right now for our business, it's been just the opposite. It, the, the impact has really increased uh, the need for what we do. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point. I, I think that there's an age difference probably, Tom, right? Like if you're younger, you probably don't make as much money. So, you know, the cost of being in San Francisco is more, but you're also probably more comfortable working from home and like truly leaving the area where your business is. And I think maybe the older generation's not. So that's a pretty good point. Just yeah. stay in that high price point. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing that you're, that you're still busy though, Jeff, that's, that's really good to hear. And I, I, I did want to kind of transition that a little bit. Paul mentioned probably some of your clients are very familiar with tech. And of course, you know, I'm a big fan of technology and construction. So I'm curious, uh, you know, I'm assuming a lot of your clients that come to you probably expect some sort of experience with technology. How have you guys handled that in your business? Well, there's, there's different aspects of it. One is the home itself. So there's a building technology aspect to it. So, so things like you probably use all the time, you know, home automation or having a house, you know, wired to support uh, uh, working from home, whether it's, whether it's, a, it's a, you know, amped up Wi-Fi network or, or a dedicated, you know, connectivity through, through the home and, and, and room. So that's, and, and then the other part of building building technology is really about the environment. So, so, you know, how to keep, you know, the home environment safe, how to make sure that the footprint and the usage, energy usage of a home is, uh, you know, maximized so that uh, there's not such a demand on, on utilities and fossil fuels and that sort of thing. So that's one aspect of it. So I call that the building technology and it can span from, you know, internet connectivity uh, home automation to appliances to to windows to insulation you know that whole that whole aspect then there's the communication technology part of it and um, and and really this is something that you guys have helped us with tremendously uh, and that is you know providing a platform uh, that our homeowners can really access information about their project when it's convenient to them 
So, you know, as an example, you know, we build schedules and we, and we post and share them, you know, through the Builder Trend app to our clients. We use the daily log function as a way to keep homeowners informed on a daily basis, what, what happened at their house, you know, who was there, what work was done. We use photos and, and upload those. So, so there's this whole technology piece, which they use all the time in their own lives, that we really, you know, had to sort of cobble together in the past, but now it's on one platform uh, for them to use and it's super convenient. And we found it's just an amazing communication tool. That's fantastic to hear. Communication is key, obviously, and making sure the jobs run smoothly and then your customers stay happy. So it sounds like you've got that covered. I love that you guys are saying you're doing you're doing daily logs daily, it sounds like, which is, which is always yeah. good. Our mantra, every job, every day. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's good. That's good, good. thing it's in the, in the name of the feature. It yeah. helps you <clears throat> remember. Yeah. It's not just logs. It's, it's daily not logs. Just logs. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, it's like anything. It's uh, once you sort of exercise that muscle, then it becomes routine and it's, uh, it's good. And, and everybody, you know, the guys that are responsible for doing it, you know, they get positive feedback and reinforcement from the clients of how much they like it. So it, it, that helps too. That's great. You know, that's actually something that we don't talk about often enough is that obviously people, homeowners can comment back on the log. So they could give positive reinforcement. That's a really interesting take on that, that, you know, one way to get feedback from your clients would be through a comment on a daily log. Yeah. I think if you, if you, you know, talk to folks who have renovated or maybe you have yourselves and, you know, everybody either has a horror story or knows of one, <laughs> usually central to that is, I don't know what's happening. You know, so-and-so didn't show up today or, you know, I'm not sure when the next, you know, phase of construction is going to start, but communication is just so central to everything we do and proactively resolving problems. And also, you know, when things do happen, having a very fast way to get in touch with people and, and, you know, get the issues on the table and, and, and so that we can deal with them. You know, one thing our sales team hears all the time from remodelers is that, you know, I don't need daily logs because, you know, my clients are there, they know what's going on. And I think you were, you were speaking about that a little bit. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, your homeowners, even though they may be in the property while the renovation is going on, they still like the daily log for all the reasons you talked about, right? Yeah, they, they like it for, for that reason. One, it's, it's very specific, right? So it's, and, and not every homeowner can see a construction site and actually know what happened. So there's the, the, you know, we assume that they do because we see it, but sure. if, that's not what you do. You don't always know. And sometimes, you know, it looks like there can be nothing happening for a period of time when actually there's a ton of stuff happening. So I think it helps to do that. It also keeps a, a record for them. You know, it's a log. They can go back and, and, and look at it. Um, so whether they're, they're there or not, you know, I think it, uh, it's important. And we use it that way too. You know, we, we also use it to, to go back as a, as a record of what happened. And we have weekly meeting notes, you know, that we, that we post to daily logs. So we, you know, we, we really rely on it as a way to recap what's happened, uh, not just that day, but you can go back for the whole job and see. Yeah, that's great stuff. 
So Jeff, you've given us a lot of great points of how you make a great client experience during a remodel for your company. There are other remodelers though out there listening to this podcast right now. You've talked about using daily logs. You've talked about the communication with the homeowner. What other tips do you have for making sure that a remodel goes as well as it sounds like most of like yours go? There's a couple things that are just must-haves. Like you, you, you must do good quality work, right? Sure. You, you, you must be respectful of the homeowner's, you know, property and of their time and of their neighbors. Yeah. And then, and then I, I, to me, the, the most important thing beyond those, those must haves are uh, communication. Sure. And, you know, that I think every problem can be solved if you're talking Usually problems occur, not problems that you discover on the job, like, oh my goodness, we, we didn't realize that the, you know, old wiring to the rest of the house needs to be replaced type of thing. But problems can be avoided if expectations are clear. So usually something, you know, something goes awry with a client because they expected one thing and they're getting another. So proactive communication, you know, first and foremost will help to alleviate that. But then if there's just a built-in dialogue, and I think it has to be a, a number of things, so daily logs, weekly meetings, documented communication is, I think, the best way to keep people informed. Uh, and you can augment that with other communication, but by sort of capturing those key things, that's that to us is, uh, is really important and the feedback that we've gotten from our clients you know just just helps to illustrate that and reinforce it yeah that's fantastic to hear and again the fact that you're focusing on the client so much i think that's what that's what helps set you apart from the competition yes yeah so that's good keep that up yeah. jeff thank you so much for coming on the podcast we appreciate you sharing your expertise uh, on the san francisco area with remodeling we loved hearing all about that uh, your history there, your 25 years as a banker. I would love to talk to you more about that, that transition. We'll save that for another podcast though. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. We of course wish you the best of success continuing in your business out there. Thank you, Tom. Enjoyed it. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.